Buenos días, me llamo Lizzie. Alan LaRue here, beginner series, lesson number 23, cleaning up one. Hola, Alan. ¿Cómo te va, Lizzie? Todo bien, ¿qué novedades? Nada pues, listo para otra lección de Spanish Pod 101. Now, for the last lessons, we learned some different ways to express actions in the future. Así es, we learned how to express what we will do and what we'll be doing. Exacto. Now, today, we're going to switch gears a bit and look at how we describe something that belongs to someone else. O sea, vamos a estudiar los posesivos. That's right. We're going to study possessives. We'll look at these today and also in the next lesson, though I wouldn't be surprised if we come back to them again in the future, since it's such a useful topic. Now, in today's conversation, Gisela is trying to clean up, and she's wondering who left their setting on the table after lunch. Lizzie, have you heard the latest regional lessons? Yeah, it is so interesting to hear how Spanish is spoken in Costa Rica and Spain, too. And since we're here in Lima, the Peruvian lessons really ring a bell, huh? Right. You know, I think people could get the wrong idea about the regional lessons. It's not like if you listen to the Peruvian series, you're not going to be able to apply what you learned to your trip to Spain or vice versa for that matter. Claro. But what they do show is what makes Peruvian Spanish Peruvian, to put it that way. Bueno, ¿ya empezamos? Yeah, let's get into today's conversation. Luis, ¿son tus platos? Sí, son mis platos. ¿Y ese es tu vaso? Es mi vaso también. ¿Y esa es tu servilleta? No, es tu servilleta. Once again, slowly. Una vez más, esta vez lentamente. Luis, ¿son tus platos? Sí, son mis platos. ¿Y ese es tu vaso? Sí, es mi vaso también. ¿Y esa es tu servilleta? No, es tu servilleta. This time with the translation. Ahora incluiremos la traducción. Luis, ¿son tus platos? Luis, are they your plates? Sí, son mis platos. Yes, they're my plates. ¿Y ese es tu vaso? And is that your glass? Es mi vaso también. Yep, it's my glass too. ¿Y esa es tu servilleta? And is that your napkin? No, es tu servilleta. No, it's your napkin. You know, Lizzie, this conversation is a good one for a number of reasons. I mean, we really get to see how possession is expressed in Spanish. Completamente. However, would you say it's very common for people to clear their own place settings after a meal? Así es, es muy común, pero depende de la familia. Lizzie said that, yes, it's pretty common, but it depends on the family. I mean, I was surprised when I moved to Peru how many people here do have household help who help out with those chores. Okay, now, Alan, what do you say we move on and go through the vocabulary for today? Great idea, Lizzie. Where should we start? Let's start with... Plato. Plate. Dish. Course. Plato. Plato. Next. Vaso. Glass. Vase. Vessel. Vaso. Vaso. And then... Servilleta. Napkin. Serviette. Servilleta. Servilleta. Next. Mi. My. Mi. Mi. Then. Tu. Your. Tu. Tu. And finally. También. Also. Tu. As well. 
tam bien, también. Lizzie, before we move on, let's talk quickly about the word tu. Como no. Now, here, we see it without an accent, right? Right. And without an accent, this means... Your. Exactly. And with an accent, it means... You. Right. Now, this may seem like a really slight difference in pronunciation. I know it did for me when I was starting out. But once you train your ears, it's not that hard. Claro, por ejemplo, tu hermano está bien. Right, tu hermano está bien. Now, here, there's no accent. And this means, your brother is okay. And this example is interesting because if we add the accent and tu, which means you, now it sounds like we're addressing our brother. Right. Tu, hermano, te quiero. And in this case, we translate it something like, you, my brother, I love you. Okay, now that we've broken these words down, let's look at how they're used. Yeah, let's put them in context. Where should we start? Well, let me ask you this. What do you call the glass or ceramic piece that's used for decoration or for holding flowers? Mm, you mean a vase. Yes, that's it, a vase. Now, if we drop the E from the end of the word, what are we left with? V-A-S. Right. And what's the masculine ending for most nouns in Spanish when they're singular? It's just a no, as in amigo. Okay, so if we add this O ending to the stem vas, what do we get? We get vaso. And what does vaso mean? It means glass. And by glass, do you mean the kind of glass we use for windows or the kind of glass we drink out of? I mean the kind that we drink out of. Ah, so I could say un vaso de agua. Claro, también un vaso de cerveza. Well, that sounds better. Right, so we could say un vaso de agua, a glass of water, or un vaso de cerveza, a glass of beer. And what about if we're drinking wine? Ah, in that case, we wouldn't use vaso. No, and why not? Bueno, porque usaríamos la palabra copa. Okay, so you would use the word copa when you're drinking wine. So you'd say, una copa de vino. Así es. Okay, and moving on. When you're at the lunch table and you need to wipe your mouth, what do you use? Una servilleta. Una servilleta. Great. And una servilleta is a napkin? Claro. I guess sometimes in English, we see the word serviette, which is bored from the French, I believe. But the word napkin is more common. Right, but it's good that you point that out, since the words are so similar. Yeah, it's a good way to make the connection. Plus, I'm sure there's some French speakers out there who would love to hear this comparison. All right, should we move on? Well, before we do, I just want to point out that a napkin es una servilleta. That is, it's a feminine noun. Ah, good point. And the plural would then be... Servilletas, with an S at the end. Great. Okay, two words to go. Vamos. Here's a question for you. A ver, a ver. The word my in English has two letters, right? Sure, M and Y. And how do you say Y in Spanish? Well, there are two main ways. We can say either Y or Y. Great. And this second name, Y, how would you translate this? It would be Greek I. So the Y in English is the Greek I. I in Spanish. And is there another kind of I too? Sure, we have the I Latina. Great, and this is the Latin I, right? Yes, it is. Now, going back to the word my, if we swap the Y or the Greek I for the letter I or the Latin I, what do we get? And now it would be me. Okay, and that's just spelled M-I. Without an accent. Right, without an accent, me. And what does this mean? It means my. <laughs> so the only difference is that in English, we use the Y, or the so-called Greek I, while in Spanish, we use the I, or the so-called Latin I. 
Very interesting, Alan. I hadn't thought about it like that before. So, Alan, do you speak any other languages than English and Spanish? Well, I used to speak French, but it's been a while. And did you find it confusing learning more than one foreign language? Well, actually, no. I thought it was a, it was a pretty big help. Really? Yeah, I mean, people always say that your third language is easier to learn than your second. I bet that's hard to imagine as a beginner student of Spanish, though. Well, sure, and I don't mean to say that it's a piece of cake or anything like that. What I learned from my studies of French and Spanish is that it's all about making connections, about seeing how words relate to other words, and about finding exciting ways to remember these associations. Muy, pero muy interesante, Alan. Ya sé que voy a aprender mucho de ti. Y yo de ti. Bueno, ahora estudiemos un poco de gramática. Yeah, it's about that time. Let's look at some grammar. So, you said that you'd like to look at how we show possession in Spanish, right? Así es. So, where should we begin? Well, let's start by making sure that we're clear on what we mean by possession. Okay. So, if I say, that's my glass, does this necessarily mean that I own the glass? Not really. I mean, you could be at a friend's house and just be using a glass there. Right. So if I'm at a friend's house, let's say I have a glass on the table and someone is cleaning up, I could still say, that's my glass, since the glass temporarily belongs to me, right? Sure. And in Spanish, this works the same way, right? Right. We can say, eso es mi vaso, that's my glass. And the word that shows that this vaso belongs to me is... Mi. Mi. Great. Now, Lizzie, another question. Shoot. With this example, eso es mi vaso, does the word mi modify a noun or replace it? Well, it's modifying the noun, vaso. And a word that modifies a noun is called? An adjective. Aha, so we can call the word me here a possessive adjective. That we can. Great. So we said that to say my, we use the word me, right? Right. Now, what if it's your glass and you and I are speaking to each other informally? How would you say your glass? Tu vaso. Right. So here, we're just using the word tu again without an accent. And then the noun vaso. And if there were more than one glass, how would we render the phrase? It would be son mis vasos or son tus vasos. Great. So these possessive adjectives show number too. I mean, they can either be singular or plural, right? Yes. Okay. Now, in the conversation, we saw the word servieta, which means napkin. So let's suppose that we want to say, they are our napkins. How do we do this? Esas son nuestras servilletas. Interesting. So here we see the word nuestras, and this means our. Yeah, but this is the feminine plural form. Ah, so this possessive adjective show number and gender. In other words, it can be either singular or plural, and either masculine or feminine. Right. So you can see how close it is to the words nosotros and nosotras. Good connection. And is there another possessive adjective that show both number and gender? There is. When we want to describe something that belongs to you all in an informal sense, we say vuestro. I see. And is this one used in Latin America and Spain? Only in Spain. Right. We wouldn't use this form here in Lima. No, we wouldn't, but we would understand it. So, with this possessive adjective, we could say vuestro vaso, your glass, or vuestros vasos, your glasses, for the masculine singular and plural, or vuestra servieta, your napkin, or vuestras servietas, your napkins, for the feminine singular and plural. 
So far, so good. And what about if it's his glass? We would use the adjective su. Su. Right, su. And for her glass? That would be su as well. Okay, and what if el vaso es de usted? I mean, it belongs to you, but this time in the formal sense. It would also be su. <laughs> Muy bien. So, what person are all of these in? The third person. So, is it safe to say that possessive adjectives of the third person don't show gender, but only number? Yeah, we can say that. And what if there's more than one glass? How would we say his glasses? This time, it would change to sus. So, sus vasos. Right. And the same would hold for his glasses. Yep. And for her glasses. The same. And what about their glass? That would be the same too. <laughs> for both masculine and feminine. Yep. So we can also say that for all the possibilities of the third person, there are only two forms. Right. If there's only one object that's possessed, the form is su. And if there are multiple objects, the form is sus. Lizzie, this is really a great topic because possession is one of those things that's quite a bit different in Spanish than it is in English. Yeah, how so? Well, it seems to me that we use these possessive adjectives much more in English than we do in Spanish. Interesting. For example, in English, we might say, I put my hands in my pockets. Okay. So how would you translate that to Spanish? I would say, puse las manos en los bolsillos. Right, so you didn't use any possessive adjectives, did you? I see what you mean. On the other hand, we do use these adjectives, but I think you're right. They're probably not as common in Spanish as they are in English. Well, that's just about all the time we have for today. This has been a great lesson, Alan. Oh, definitely, Lizzie. Next time, we'll pick up where we left off and continue to look at how possession works in Spanish. Sounds like a plan. Ha sido un gusto. Ya nos vemos. Hasta luego.